in the church. That is incredible. We've never heard those three men sing before until this morning. And uh, I don't know that I've ever heard a better trio in my life. That was awesome. Don't you love God's people? Love it when God's people get together and pray and practice so we can enjoy three and a half minutes of music. And I know these men were up here for a couple of hours yesterday just working and trying to make sure that what they present to us this morning is, uh, is excellent and authentic. And those men were real. And uh, thank God for that. That was awesome. To God be the glory. What does God's word say about money? Well, there's a whole lot of things that God's word says about money. But what we're going to do this morning is we're going to take a look at three main passages. Now, I've asked you to turn to Proverbs chapter 11. And I'm going to have some scripture on the screen as well. And at the end of the message, I'm actually going to ask you to turn again to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and kind of look with me even though I'll have the words on the screen because I I think sometimes it's good for us to do a little more turning in scripture or you know the iPad turn however that works you know Uh, whatever you've got this morning I I think it is a good thing to to use our Bibles in church and and to be uh, just just to be uh, careful to take some notes and to underline some things and to go back you know what we do here at Gospel Light most of our small groups are what, what are called sermon-based small groups. And what's really good about that is that after I preach this message, there are going to be questions. There are going to be things that need to be studied further. There are going to be people in our church and in this room who will need to, to, to go a little deeper into God's Word with your small group leader and your little community that God has put together this week and discuss some of these things that we talk about. We'll not take time this morning. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to say, does anybody have any questions? What do you think about this? Have you thought about this? We're obviously somewhat on a, on a time frame on a Sunday morning service, but what's so beautiful about our small groups that sometimes, uh, uh, you know, we're given an hour and a half, and most times there's so much that goes on in those groups, the fellowship, the Bible study goes beyond that, and it's, it's just incredible what God is doing in those, in those areas, in those, in those homes, and, and on our campus with these small groups. And I encourage you to get in one this year and stay faithful to one. Totally different than equip groups. Equip groups are, are a, more of a master-teacher type of thing, video-based. We have a book usually with these, with these different equip groups. But small group is living in community one with another, bearing one another's burdens, and, uh, and studying the Word of God together. So I want you to do that more this week. But I'm going to take these three passages... And we're going to answer this question, how do we trust God with his money? You thought I was going to say with your money, but it's not your money. God owns everything. So how do we trust God with his money? Where there's three main passages about giving and five life-changing principles about generosity that, that have changed my life. I've not mastered these. I'm, I'm still growing. In fact, uh, the scripture in just a moment is going to really ask us that question. I mean, we're going to come to a place where we have to uh, look at our lives and say, you know what, I've, I'm not there. I've not attained yet. I'm not perfect. I, I, I've got some work that God needs to do in me regarding generosity. But I do know that these are life-changing principles So number one, the first life-changing principle, we'll look in Proverbs chapter 11, is this. Generous giving leads to abundance. 
Generous giving leads to abundance. Now that word abundance is a word we're going to come back to when we close the message. But for now, let's just touch on on this thought of generous giving leads to abundance. Proverbs 11, uh, verse number 24. I'll read you three verses and we'll talk just a moment. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. It's a great passage in the word of God on generosity. The Bible here uses the word scattereth, or you might, it might be easier for us to just consider the thought of scatters. This means that uh, gives the idea of giving or sharing with others. And so here is one in Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 uh, that Solomon says, there are some people like that. Some people are scatterers. Uh, they, they share, they, they, they give, they, they give freely. They, they're just like a conduit. I mean, what they get, they give. And, and uh, this is just how they are. They are some that scatter and they increase. But there's someone else that is a withholder. Or a more common word today might be a hoarder. One that keeps what they have. uh, Solomon says not, not only is there one that scatters, but there's also some who withhold. This is a totally different person. This is a person, when it comes to money, they're a dead end. It never gets past them. It never gets past their house, their needs, their things. They are withholders. They are hoarders. So there's two kinds of givers, or people, I should say, that that Solomon identifies. There are those that withhold. There are those who scatter. Those that withhold, they get it. They hold it. They count it. They measure it. Those that scatter, they give generously. So Solomon is observing here these two kinds of people, but he also says there's two kinds of outcomes. Not only is there scatterers and withholders, but there's outcomes to what these people are. Now, these aren't promises, but this is usually how it goes. God doesn't promise in every situation it will be exactly like this. But usually, this is how it is for the scatterer, and this is how it is for the withholder. First of all, the scatterer, the Bible says, ends up with more. The liberal soul shall be made fat. He that scattereth, verse 24, and yet increaseth. Here is someone who gives and gives and gives and gives and he increases. He gets more. But the Bible says the outcome of the withholder, the hoarder, is this. He is cursed. The withholder, uh, the Bible says, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but attendeth to poverty. He seems to have less, though he keeps more. And so there's something here the Word of God is teaching us, and that is this. The one who gives ends up with more, and the one who holds ends up with less. So the question is this morning, which one are you? Which one are you? Are you the generous person who scatters, or are you the stingy person who withholds? And Solomon here is trying to get our attention. These are very strong passages, and they teach us so much about giving. In fact, verse 25, think about this when it comes to the word generosity. The liberal soul. Now, that word liberal is not speaking of conservative liberal. It's speaking of generosity. In fact, you can take that word liberal, and honestly, a better translation there would be generous. It's an easier word to understand. It's it's really what 
what we are. We're generous. I mean, that's what we ought to be at least. The, the generous soul, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Now we look at that and we think, fat, good night. I don't want to be fat. It means prosper. It means abundance. The liberal soul shall be made abundant. The, the liberal soul shall be made to prosper. That's what that means. And then it goes on to say, and he that watereth, we've had a lot of water this week. I mean, I was so thankful today for the sunshine. Amen? I woke up this morning. Honestly, man, I walked to work. I had the time of my life. I love walking to work because I live just about three blocks away from the office. And I love, I just, this morning, I, I, I walked. I forgot my phone. I left my, it was so funny. I, I got about a third of the way there and realized I had left my phone in my jacket. So I just started running back. I left my little briefcase in the middle of the street. And I'm like, Eric, you're crazy. It's going to be gone when you get back, you know, but it was there. So uh, I got my phone, came back, walked to work, but it was fun. It was so nice. It was so beautiful. But we've had a lot of water. And the Bible here speaks of water in a sense of that he that, that, that watereth, he'll be watered also himself. I mean, hey, the rain of the blessings, the abundance of God is going to fall on the, the liberal soul, the generous person. I love the way the Word of God puts things. This person's going to be given additional resources. This person is going to be given prosperity and blessing. And then he that withholdeth, verse 26, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon him that selleth it. So we've got a cursing. We've got a, a blessing. We've got a principle here. And here's the principle. And here's what you and I need to really focus on as we consider this study this morning. Generous giving leads to abundance. The generous person is prospered the generous person is going to be made abundant but the withholder the hoarder the dead end well he's cursed he doesn't seem to have as much even though he keeps everything he has all right so we need to all sign up for the generosity program amen i mean let's just get that before we go on to these next four how many of you are interested in finding out what this generosity program includes? I mean, hey, if, if the liberal soul is made fat, if the generous person is blessed, if the generous person is prospered, and I've got some good news for you. I shouldn't tell you this right now, but it's not all financial blessing. In fact, to be honest with you, personally, if you gave me a choice of what I would choose in some of these abundant blessings of God, financial would be at the bottom. There's so many things God wants to do for the generous person. So many things God wants to give and prosper the generous person. And so I, I want us to begin by where we're sitting this morning, in the balcony or on the main floor, and just say, okay, all right, I'm interested now. This generosity program looks pretty, pretty good. It's pretty convincing. I mean, Proverbs 11 definitely says that the generous giving leads to abundance. But what kind of abundance? We're getting there. Principle number two. Principle number two, life-changing principle about generosity. Generous giving begins with tithing. Generous giving begins with tithing. Key statement begins. That's the key statement. It all starts with tithing. It's the second major passage we're going to look at. It's Malachi chapter 3. I'll have some words on the screen. Of course, you're always welcome to turn. But what we want to do in Malachi chapter 3 is, is get a greater understanding from this passage that will shape our thinking about giving. Okay, each one of these principles needs to shape and mold our thinking about generosity. So we've got to discuss Malachi chapter 3. It is, without question, 
one of the main passages of Scripture regarding generosity. So let's look at it together. Malachi 3. We're going to first look at verses 6, 7, and 8. If you're there, look with me. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. I mean, in the context of what God is teaching here, there's a whole lot of things about the fact that God does not change. He says, listen, you can rest assured. The reason he says next is that the sons of Jacob were not consumed is because my mercy never changes. And the only reason you're breathing today is because of God's mercy. We better be thankful God's long-suffering never changes. Amen? Thankful is mercy never changes. His grace never changes. Listen, we can't do anything to make God love us anymore. He loves us, and it never changes. Thank God for that. I'm the Lord God. I change not. And then it goes on to say, Therefore, ye sons of Jacob have not consumed. Thank God for that. That's, that's a nice thing to know. will not be consumed. Oh, thank God he doesn't change. Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. I wrote next to that in my Bible, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Everybody with me on that? Anybody else prone to wander? Anybody else sometimes sort of just kind of get off the track and, and at times we, we seem to wander away from what we know to be right and, and he addresses an issue that they had gotten away from. And so he says in verse 7, after he makes that statement about, about, about leaving the ordinances, the, 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 the ordinances that God has given to them, he says, return unto me. Those are important words. I mean, God says here, listen, it's not too late to get this straight. Do you know what a lot of preaching does? Discourages people. A lot of it does. Sometimes it does it because Satan is, is trying to oppress us and discourage us about the times in the years we've lost. Some of us here this morning are thinking of when it comes to generous giving, well, you know what, preacher, there's other subjects I like more because I've given up on this one. I can never be generous. I'm in too much debt. And so we have actually given up on this thought. And, and it's been a long time since we've really been generous. It's been a long time since we've given anything above the tithe. It's been a long time since we've tithed. And so what's happened is We've given up. And here's what God says this morning. The same thing he said to these dear people 2,500 so years ago. He says, return unto me. Hey, it's not too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You can return and, and we can get this right. In fact, if you return to me, he says, I will return to you. Saith the Lord God of hosts. And now look what they said. Are you looking at it on there? What did they say? Wherein shall we return? Bad answer. Bad answer. In other words, he's preaching a message here, and they're saying, what are you talking about? What do you mean return? We're good, God. We're good. It's all good. You know, we've got way too many Christians think it's all good. Can I tell you something? What we need to do oftentimes is come to God with an open heart and say, God, change me. God, fix me. God, there's issues in my... God, I, I don't walk with you like I should. I, I, I'm not what I ought to be. Instead of comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, well, I'm better than them, and I, I do more than them, and I, and I give... No, 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 no. It's not about comparing yourselves. It's not about saying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you mean return? Return? Man, I'm good. I'm okay, God. I don't need this sermon. Somebody else does. I'm all good. I'm going to put something in the plate today. Instead of having that attitude, wherein shall we return? Why don't we have the attitude, God, I'm going to return. 
I'm going to learn these life-changing generosity principles. That's just all this little extra stuff for you there. Where shall we return? Then he says, will a man rob God? Let's start with your tithe. Let's just start there. You've robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and in offerings. Now let's stop just for a moment. Let me give you ten biblical facts regarding the tithe. These are good little things to know and be reminded of. And please fill in these notes and take some time this week to, to talk about these things. Number one, the first biblical fact regarding the tithe is a tithe means a tenth. That's a biblical fact. 41 times in the New Testament and 40, well, 41 times in the New Testament and the Old Testament, or I should say the Old Testament and the New Testament, God mentions a tithe, meaning the tenth. Number two, it describes a biblical fact about the, the, the tithe. Is, is secondly, it describes any, the immediate gift of 10% of your income at your first opportunity. It describes the immediate gift of 10% of your income at your first opportunity. In other words, don't have God's money at your house this morning. This is your your first opportunity. This is the first day of the week. And our first opportunity is is to give the tithe. Not not, not Washington first. Amen. Not, Not bills first. Not... My car payment first and my mortgage first. God says the first opportunity. Number three, it symbolizes God's ownership of everything. Scripture on the screen, Psalm 24, verse number one says, The Lord is the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world, and they that dwell therein. It's a great verse. It's a great verse in understanding what God owns. All right? What's the universal answer to what God owns? Everything. He owns it all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The everything of of, of life. I mean, everything that we have, everything that we own. God owns it all. So that's the third biblical principle about, about tithing is that it symbolizes God's ownership of everything. Number four, it's to be off the top. It is to be off the top. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits before the pension plan before health benefits before anything the first fruits of all thine increase so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine more abundance more abundance we'll come back to that at the end all right so it's to be off the top someone says is that gross or net well do you want god to give back to you on the net or gross it's gross all right off the top number five it's a universal principle I mean, it's a universal principle. We've got a lot of folks that want to kind of go back and argue, well, this is Old Testament, and yet what we don't uh, consider is that uh, first things belong to God. The tithe predates the law. That's the simplest way to say it in a, in a sermon. It just predates the law. It's before the law. This, this is a principle that first things belong to God. I like what Stephen Olford said. Uh, this is someone I met through... Uh, Uh, Adrian Rogers and have been buying Steve Alford's books ever since uh, I was recommended to to read after him but I like what he said in his book on finances he said the principle of tithing is timeless it is for every man in every age it was neither instituted by law nor terminated by the age of grace it was neither given by Moses nor nor discontinued by Jesus Christ well said it's a universal principle number six it was practiced throughout church history. 
It's always been practiced throughout church history. It's God's plan for the church financially is the tithe. It's not a new concept. It's not something that I just kind of, we got together as leadership and said, hey, you know, why don't we just, why don't we challenge our people to give 10%? Great idea. Where'd you get that? Oh, I just thought of it. You know, 10%. Nice, uh, even number, easy to give, you know, $1 of every 10. No, 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 no. This is not new. Amen. It's been practiced all throughout church history. Number seven, it is a thermometer of spiritual vitality. This is big. I mean, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something about giving. Man, it, it shows really where your heart is. Matthew 6, 21. You like that verse? Anybody like that one? Where your treasure is there, where your heart be also? I mean, where you are in your spiritual walk can be easily detected by how much you give and how generous you are. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has nothing to do with, with, with you know, well, I, I, this is why I don't. or this is No, 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 no. You are generous and you are fired up about the things of God when you are. Your vitality spiritually is, is connected to your generosity. Can't serve two masters, the Bible says. Number eight, it's important to God. It's important to God. It's very serious. Anybody ever read in the Old Testament the story of Achan? In the New Testament, the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Both of those kept back what was God's, and the end was not pretty. It was very serious what happened. Because God says, I'm serious about the tithe. And when you don't tithe, things get ugly. Achan, Ananias, and Sapphira. They held back what belonged to God. Number nine, it's the starting place in New Testament giving. Somebody tell me here, what is less, what is less in the New Testament than in the Old Testament? Nothing. Nothing's less. In other words, in the Old Testament, it says don't murder. In the New Testament, it says if you hate, you have murdered them already. In the Old Testament, it says, don't commit adultery. In the New Testament, it says, if you have lust in your mind, you've already committed adultery. In the Old Testament, it says, 10%, exactly, make sure it's right, on the dot, 10%, no more, no less. In the New Testament, it says, everything belongs to God. There's nothing less in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. So these are just some principles regarding tithing that I wanted you to see. So I want you, to, uh, I want you to look at generosity, think of generosity for a moment as we transition just a moment as getting onto a highway, like a, like a ramp that gets onto the highway. I've been a Christian for 35 years. And so, you know, when I first heard this, I was saved about a month. And I came under conviction about tithing. I had me a little job at Sears. And so I began to tithe. And, you know, when I made 73 bucks a week, and so my tithe was $7.30. That was the hardest $7.30 I ever gave. I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, I only make 73 bucks, and the church is wanting $7.30 every week? And I was in shock, you know. But guess what I did? I took that ramp, and I got on the highway. I had people passing me up. Man, I mean, there were people in our church... There's people that go to this church now that went to the church I got saved in that were great givers then. I mean, they were sacrificially giving then. And then I saw people passing me up on that highway of giving, but I was just glad to be on the highway. $7.30. 
I looked at the general offering. Uh, well, this week at our church, it was, you know, the, the whole thing was about 17000 I remember back at the church I went to back in 1978, Tony Thomas was there. I got saved sitting next to Tony Thomas. He didn't save me, but I was sitting next to him. And, uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, our offerings back at that church, back then in that economy, probably four or $5,000 a week. Honestly, I remember looking in the bulletin. I remember this. And putting my $7.30 in the offering and thinking, they gave 5000 last week? Why do they want my measly seven thirty? It doesn't even register on 5000 It doesn't even tip the Richter scale. I mean, $7.30 is nothing compared to 5000 but I got on the highway. I just got on. I just got on the ramp, man. I got on the generosity highway. I wasn't all that generous. I was just giving what God said. I was just giving that tithe. I didn't understand all the offering thing and the missions thing and the bus stuff and the extra love. I mean, I don't understand all that stuff. But I just got on. But I want to tell you something. 35 years later, man, listen, I'm glad I picked up the speed. I'm glad I'm going down that highway of generosity and abundant blessings of God. It's just good to be on the generosity highway. And if you're not on it yet, take the ramp and get on. 10%. Just get on. Just get on the highway. Man, God's got a great plan. Tithing is the ramp that gets you on the highway of generosity. So what are some New Testament principles on giving? Real quickly, number one, give on the Lord's Day. Give on the Lord's Day. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Upon the first day of the week, upon the first day of the week on the screen, let every one of you, that's interesting, every one of you. Now, who is Paul speaking to? The church at Corinth. I'm speaking at the church in, on Garland, the church in Hot Springs. But the same principle. Let every one of you, everybody in the church, everybody... Let him lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Every single person giving on the Lord's day. Number two, give as unto the Lord. Give as unto the Lord. That's how you give. That's a principle of New Testament giving. At the end of the service, there's going to be four good-looking guys standing up here with plates. They're going to look real sophisticated. They look intimidating. And they're making sure everybody gives and they're taking notes. No, I'm just kidding. Totally joking. And so here these four men come up and they stand here and they've got these strange looking little plates in their hands, you know. Some churches have little bags, others have buckets, it doesn't matter. And they start passing these plates and they go slow and there's a song going to be sung while we're doing this. Would you give any different if it was Jesus who was the usher? If Jesus passed the plate, let every one of you, hey, let every one of you give in store. This is my plan. Nail scarred hands. I did this for you. I gave my life for you. Would you give back? What if Jesus was the usher? Would it change anything? Think about that. I'm asking you to consider these principles. They're principles in God's word, written by God himself. Sometimes we get mad at the preacher for things that God says, and I'm like, dude, leave me alone. Don't send me your nasty email. Send it to God at God.com. I mean, maybe he'll get it. I don't know if they got internet up there, but I mean, send it to him because I'm just talking about what he says. I, I, I don't know why people get mad at me. This is God's principles. So give on the Lord's day. Give as unto the Lord. Number three, give as the Lord hath prospered you. 
Giving should, should increase as abundance increases. Giving should increase as abundance increases. Somebody uh, gets a raise at work. I heard, had somebody tell me this week, and praise God, they're in the building. <laughs> Said, hey, I got a raise. Praise incredible. It's the best job I've ever had. Hey, sir, abundance. Raise your giving. Really? Yeah. If God's blessed you with more, you give more. Does that sound cool? That sounds like a great idea. I mean, what if God came to all of us today and said, hey, I want to give you more, but just you got to give more. Uh, I'm out with that God. I mean, I'll, 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 if you want to give me, that's fine, but I ain't giving back to you. And God says, that doesn't, that's not how it works in my economy. In my economy, as I increase you, you increase your giving. Amen. It's great, isn't it? This is so easy to preach because it just makes sense. So as I have more, I give more. Number three, give, number four, give sacrificially. What does it mean to give sacrificially? Well, we should be able to point to things in our life that we could have if we had not given. That's sacrificial giving. Yeah, I could have had a new car, but I gave more to the church this year. Yeah, you know what? I, I really wanted that. I really wanted that house. I really wanted that ring. I really wanted that dress, but I went to Goodwill instead and just gave more to the church. That's sacrificial giving. When you can point to things that you would have had, but you gave. Number, number five, give cheerfully. And we'll come back to that. Give personally. Give personally, and we'll come back to that. But I want you to have those principles. Give cheerfully, give personally. We'll come back to that in just a moment, all right, so we can move on. Principle number three. Are you ready? Here we go. We've said that generous giving leads to abundance. Generous giving begins with the tithe. Principle number three, generous giving tests my faith. Generous giving tests my faith. Let's go back to the second passage, Malachi chapter 3. This is the second main passage. And we're going to look at one verse. Of course, verse 9 wouldn't be a bad verse to look at. A curse with a curse. When we rob God, that's, that's, that's something we need to be reminded about. There needs to be a healthy fear of not tithing. But look at verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring the tithes, the Bible says, into the place of worship. Bring it to your local church, where you attend, where you're fed, where you go and enjoy the... In, in America, obviously, in Hot Springs, it's enjoy... The, the, the setting, the, the people, the fellowship, the padded pews, the air conditioning, the heat, the music, the sound system, the, the coffee shop, the, the, the grounds. I mean, we, we come and we give, and we also get to enjoy and reap the blessings and benefits of souls saved and lives changed. And on and on we could go. But we come and we give to the, the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And when you really study that out, the scripture teaches here we need to give so we can take care of those who are feeding us. And it's not always comfortable for a preacher to, or an elder or a pastor to say something like that, but it is, it is true. God says, let's give meat to the storehouse so there can be meat to take care of those who are helping run the church. But now that's not what I'm preaching. Look at the next three, three or four words. Incredible. Incredible. Awesome. Here it is. You ready? What did we say the principle number three was? Generous giving tests my faith. Are you ready? Ready to plug that into Scripture? All right, here we go. It's going to be electrifying. Because the word of God is electrifying. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Are you ready? Ready for your heart to be pierced? All right, here we go. And prove me now herewith, saith the
the Lord of hosts. Wow. That is powerful. You say, I, I didn't think we were supposed to, to test God. You're not, unless he says to. And when he says to, it's okay. And he says to right here. It's the only place in Scripture he says to. The only place in the Word of God where God reaches out to us and challenges us, I mean intensely, prove me now here with, saith the Lord. Let's do this. Test me, if you will. See if I won't be faithful. You give the tithe, you give it, and prove me I will give to those who are faithful to give. God's serious about this. It's intense. We're way too casual about giving. God's intense. I mean, God is intense about it. God's saying, prove me, prove me, prove me, test me. I didn't think we were supposed to test you, God. You said, tempt not the Lord. Don't test me except when I say to. And right now, it's, it's on. It's on. Get your money out and watch me work. Amen. Watch me. Got great plans. I want to capture this city for Christ. All this stuff about mission and missional and reaching the community and reaching souls. How do you think we're going to do that? Prove me. And I'll pour out the windows of heaven. You won't be able to contain it. It's going to be incredible. But you've got to prove me. You've got to test me. You've got to give me a chance to show you what I can do. Let me flex my muscles a little bit in this church. Too many stingy people, many hoarders. God says, man, I can't do it unless I've got those willing to test me. It's powerful. It's incredible. It's intense. But it's meant to stretch our faith. It's meant to spur us on. It is. It's meant to get our attention. And, oh, yeah? Oh, all right. Okay, God. All right. You serious? You really mean that, huh? Okay. Yeah, that's it. You say, man, I, really? Yes, yes. You know what some of us need? A stick of dynamite in our souls. We need to be blown up for Jesus. Just get excited about the Lord again. You'll understand at the end of the message why this means so much to me. Number four, generous giving is a personal decision. Principle, biblical principle, because I really believe that God put 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 in the Word of God for these last two principles to be understood in such a way that it makes it easier for leadership to teach it. Now, let me show you what I mean. It's a personal decision. It's not about, really, what I say, what I recommend. It's about what you decide to do. You say, well, I'm just not... Willing to give the tithe. Well then, what are you willing to give? 6.3. We'll give it. Give 6.3. That's what you want to give, give it. And I'm not going to be happy about it. All right, well, whatever. It's up to you. Personal decision. I don't know how much of this stuff I agree with. It's a personal decision. I'm giving you, I'm preaching, but the bottom line is this. We're not looking at what you give. We're not trying to, uh, in, in, in positions of leadership, spiritual leadership, yes. Yes, that's a different story. But no, we, we don't, I never check the, you know, giving of just some random church. I don't do that. It's, you, it's up to you. You give whatever you want to give. If you want to see what I gave this year, 
You can go to Brother Charlie, and he can open up the ACS and show you what I gave. It's, I'm an open book. You can watch and see what I gave this year. I don't mind that. I love that. I'm not ashamed of that. I, I'd want you to know what I gave. I think it'd be good for you to know what the pastor gives. I think it'd be positive for you to know what I've given. I'm not, I'm not worried about that, but we're not here to try to figure out, you know, who's giving what. The truth of the matter is it's a personal decision. This is Bible. Look with me, if you would, please, at 6 and 7. But this I say... He which soweth sparingly shall also reap, uh, rather, shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. By the way, this is not just true in finances, okay? This is true in marriage. This is true in, in your work ethic. This is true in the area of forgiveness. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap that way. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap that way in your marriage in areas of forgiveness, but also in the financial offerings for the work of the Lord. Same thing. It's the, just like all those other areas, this principle applies to, to the area of giving. Every man, verse 7, every man, very important. What did we say principle number 4 was? Generous giving is a personal decision. Verse 7 is, 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 is backing that up. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Every person decides in his own heart. You make the decision. And you know what we ought to do when we give? According to that scripture, God loves what kind of a giver? A cheerful giver. You know what it would be good if we did sometimes? We don't have to do it every Sunday, but honestly... All right, folks, our ushers are going to take up the offering. It's time to give. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! I can't wait! Instead, we sing some really slow song and we just all sit there. That's what I've done all my life. Let's try it. All right, folks, we're fixing to take up the offering. It's going to be great. What do you think about it? All right, not bad. Let's try it one more time. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. All right, folks, it's time to give to the Lord. We're going to pass the offering plates. There you go. God loves that. Look at down there. They're fixing to give to the storehouse. Oh, I love it. Look at them. They're cheering. They're cheerful. They're excited. Listen, when we introduce our guys, and starting at guard, number, what are you, Elijah? Number one, Elijah Coop. And Thomas Kemp sits there and goes, that's my boy. I sat next to Thomas Kemp. He doesn't say nothing, okay? He's excited. And, and there's a lot of other things too, okay? No. But Thomas says, yeah, go get him. Rawr! He loves it. Why? He's cheering for his boy. He loves his boy. He's pumped up about it. I mean, I'd rather have a dad go overboard about his love for his son and excitement for his son than I would sit there and do nothing. And I think God feels the same way about us. He likes a cheerful gift. He likes folks that get excited. God wants what you've decided to give. Number five, and we're done. Personal giving is abundantly blessed. It is abundantly blessed. God promises to bless the giver. That's why I challenged everybody to get in on this program. Get in on it. Get on the highway. All right, let's give you five things here. Five of God's abundant blessings when we give. You ready? Number one. Actually, it's not when we give. I, I messed up. I messed up. Uh, erase that, Dave. Rewind. Here it is. Five 
of God's abundant blessings when we give generously. You got to put the word generous because these blessings are for generosity. All right, number one. First thing is this. God promises to bless your finances. He promises to bless your finances. Look at verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, now he that, excuse me, first, uh, yeah, verse 10. All right, sorry. Verse 10 says, um, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, that's speaking about finances, when you minister seed, money, to the sower, both minister, uh, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. So God says, the first thing I'm going to do is I am going to bless you financially. So, I mean, if you looked at, you know, abundant blessings that you can choose, behind door number one is finances. And God says, oh yeah, I will bless your finances. Why? Finish this statement. You can't outgive. I do it again. You can't outgive. Right. You know it. You've heard it. You believe it? All right. Well, if you believe it, then let's, let's practice it. God says, you give to me. I'll give to you, pressed down, running together, shaking up, running together, running over. I mean, I will take care of you if you give generously. I'm going to bless your finances. I'm going to multiply your seed sown. Number two, notice in verse 10, last part. And not only will I multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Number two, abundant righteousness. Abundant financial blessing. Number two, abundant righteousness. I mean, listen. If we give generously, God says, I will give you blessings in overcoming addiction. Overcoming a sin pattern in your life. Wow. I think I choose this one over the financial blessing. To have power, to, to, to extra power, extra strength, to, to be more righteous, to be more like Jesus. To not struggle with some of the things I've struggled with in the past? You mean, God, if I give generously, you will bless me with righteousness? Yeah, more righteousness. I'll I'll give you extra strength to get over these issues in your life that have plagued you for so long. Wow. That's sweet. Number three. Look at verse 11 and 12. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God... Look at this. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings to God. Number three, abundant ministry. God will bless you with abundant ministry. He will allow you, according to this passage of Scripture, to be able to bless the saints, to supply the want of the saints, uh, to have extra... I'll put it to you like this. I, I like this. To be used of God to be used of God. How many of you want to be used of God? God says, that's one of the blessings of giving. I'll I'll allow you, I'll help you to to minister to the saints and and they'll be so thankful for it and, and you'll be used of God. Number four, look at verse 13 and 14. Whilst by the experiments of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ. Wow. And for your liberal distribution unto them and and to all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Number five, abundant relationships. If you study that verse out more, like you will this week in small group, if you'll look at that verse and think about, meditate on that verse, and I want you to do that this week. You know what I see in these verses? Here's what I see. A generous church grows and, and adds to its membership. More people want to come. More people want to be a part. 
there's more relationships. God begins to add hundreds and thousands of people to the church. Some of us think these mega churches are growing. You know, man, that church runs 5,000 because they got, you know, they got, they got that music that everybody wants. No, no, they're givers. I've talked to them. They're giving abundantly to the work of the Lord. And so God's giving them hundreds and thousands of people to give. And they're church, planting churches. And I don't know about you, but I want in on that. I want to be the kind of church that can experience that. And, and that's why we share and preach this to our young church today. Abundant relationships. Number five, and I'll close with this, abundant worship. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. You know what generosity does, church? It turns up the volume of worship. It turns it up. It turns it up. I mean, listen, listen, when you begin to give generously, listen, you understand that nobody else owns you but God. Nobody controls you but God. Nothing, nothing shackles you, but you belong to God. And you want to worship him. You want to get on that highway of generosity. Turn the volume up of your worship and say, man, listen, God, you've given me a greater desire to praise you. You're not just some angry God up in heaven sitting on the throne. I look at you, God, in all of your glory and righteousness. And I can't sing anymore without raising my hands. It's impossible. They just just want to go up. I want to love you, God, and praise you with more volume. I want it to be louder and louder, God. Can you hear me? I love you. I love you, God. Turn up the volume of the music. Play the piano harder. Play, not right now, but later. Vince, do us a guitar roll, baby. Sonia, strum them harder. Joe, Tyler, give us a drum roll. It's God. He's awesome. And I love you. You love him? How's your volume for God? He owns it all. We're doomed for hell without him. I just... I can't live that way anymore. I'm just convinced. He's everything. He he owns it all and we owe him everything. Generosity changes everything. Every head bowed, every eye closed.